Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Baldur's Gate. Named role-playing game of the year in 1998 and 2000. With over 3.5 million units sold, the Baldur's Gate series are the most popular RPGs ever on the PC. <laughs> well, let's qualify that with on the PC. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Play Retro. It's your favorite retro video game podcast. I'm your host, Scott Johnson, and I can't decide which of these character portraits I should use for my very cool character. Also, how come this tavern smells like cheese? Mmm, Gouda. And I'm your other host, Brian Dunaway. Excuse me while I locate my miniature giant space hamster, which I usually keep in my bag of holding, but he must have escaped into the realm of late 1990s RPG gaming. Take heart, fellow adventurers, for you have curried the favor of Boo. Now, you're the spawn of ball. Yeah, you're the Scott. You're the spawn. You're of the ball. spawn of ball. Is it ball or bail? I say ball. People say bail. I like ball because <laughs> then I can go ball to the ball today. But I can do that because when you're in like uh, the version of this that's in Diablo, it's bail. But, right. Well, we're gonna be doing like we're we're gonna be talking about like Dungeons and Dragons crap today on uh, on Play Retro. Uh, so yeah, it, it, you can you can say I've learned I've learned a very important lesson over the years with uh, Dungeons and Dragons. You can call it however the crap you. Yeah, want you don't it. need to. Don't live by somebody else's definition. Of no, the, there's only one rule. Yeah. D and D. Yeah. That's it. You have fun. That's it. That's, that's the it. real rule. That's the only rule. That's right. Some people think you need to be uh, a freak show about every little r- uh, rule and detail. You don't, right. you don't, no. you need to have a, you need to have a DM who knows how to have fun. And mm-hmm. then you as a player need to have fun within his fun. And right. then everyone will have fun. <laughs> if you get fun one of those guys, it's like, Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, house rules say that like, if you start getting into territory where fun is being stripped out of your D and D game, you need to find a new group. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You're not doing it right. You, you failed at D and D roll That's again, right. roll again, baby. So last week we missed the show. We apologize. Scott was down with the COVID I'm feeling uh, much better than I was then, and we're happy to be back uh, doing it. I wanted to tell you real quick <coughs> about what I did, because when I'm sick, I cannot... Uh, video games that are that need you to think, can't do it. Mm. Can't do true it. story, true story. And COVID's bad about uh, kicking the thinking. No, it doesn't want... I mean, I tried a couple of things. Like, I tried this yeah. new, and I really like it, and I'm going to keep playing it. But when I was at my sickest, um, there was no way I could do much to play that... Um, 
penitent, 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 penitent? No, pen, penitent. Pen, it's not penitent. The penitent it's, man. It's like uh, testament. Passes. Testament. No, testament. 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 Whatever it is. <laughs> It's on Game Pass, and it's made by Obsidian, and it's really, really good, oh. and it's all reading. It's like tons of reading and story. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, wow, yeah. I almost downloaded that this past weekend. I, I've been getting, uh, I've been getting big back into uh, uh, Forza Horizon Five with their with the community. They've, oh they've, yeah, they've that game's sucked good. Me back in. That yeah, game's real yeah, good. I, I saw uh, you should try it. Yeah. It's called ah, whatever the name is, but it's, it's so Pentiment. Pentiment. There you go. Pentiment. It's like te- Pent- like it's like Pentiment. So it's like Testament and penitence i don't know there you go anyways the penitent man what does the penitent man do and uh he's supposed to the penitent man uh, the penitent no, man he, shall pass he shall pass is what is that do. is that what he shall pass is yeah. that it he says ah oh, the penitent <sighs> man shall pass the penitent man shall pass says says does, uh what's his name over and over sean connery does but but does uh it but does um does gandalf say fly you fools or you say run you fools he Which says fly it? you fools yeah, yeah. Fly. I always think it's run. I don't know why. Yeah, that's weird. Run. Well, You're they've got a cave, they've got a cave troll, so you need to fly. Yeah. That's, that's not a cave do. troll, is it? He's getting he's he's dealing with the uh, he's dealing with the Diablo, right? Oh, he's that's the, the big, Balrog. Yeah, Balrog. The, is the Balrog. The, yeah, yeah. He's a dick. Anyway, <coughs> since I was sick, I only could play dumb stuff, so I played a little bit of retro. And guess what? I played the most of. I got in the biggest groove, dude. Where I didn't have to think about it. Uh, yeah. All it was is directional stuff. That's those are the only skills I had to tap. And that was yeah. just Miss Pac-Man. Just, oh my! See, just played her that, over and over and over and over. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, because you don't have to worry about doing much of anything. Just going in directions. Just getting in that flow. Don't even use your brain. Just no. Use the subconscious flow. And I was never one to memorize patterns with her, or uh, with with uh, Miss Pac-Man. Yeah, Pac-Man uh, OG. I did have pattern memorization, and it always feels cheap when I do it. Um, so but with, with, uh, Miss Pac-Man, I never did that. And maybe it's cause it was harder to do there. I don't know. I'm sure somebody's figured out a way to crack that egg, but I just like getting in the groove and just kind of one step ahead of pinky and blinky and Clyde and the other one. Didn't um, we, when we talked about Miss Pac-Man, we didn't, we determined that, that they did try to make it harder and, uh, it didn't have any, it didn't have like patterns like you would with like you would do on Pac-Man. Yeah, By the, the way, ghosts, I never really the ghosts behave differently. Some, sorry, sorry. What, what's that on. now? I was gonna say the ghosts behave differently in Miss yes, Pac-Man. I believe. Yes. Yeah. I I I remember Pac-Man patterns. I'd only learn like moment to moment Pac-Man patterns. Like so, if I was like in a corner somewhere, and I would have like a particular move. But that's more like it. I didn't really learn patterns as much as I learn moves. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, I'm in this corner. This is the move I go through. This usually gets me through here. I never learned any of the big stuff. It's kind of like the difference between that nerd that could speed solve the Rubik's cube with one hand versus, you know, me who would look at it. I've got some moves. Yeah. But I don't know all the patterns. I bet you had more fun than that guy, the guy that finished. I guarantee you I did. Yeah. I think that's true. And (coughs) don't get me wrong. I was not like some kind of Pac-Man wizard, but I was good at remembering like the first three levels, what every, what all the behaviors were and where I needed to be at any given time. After that, things sped up to a point that I'm sure I changed it up. But in her case, in Miss Pac-Man's case, no, man, just go. I want to go back to you talking about uh, uh, your Fred Savage movie moment where you were the, uh, Pac-Man wizard. The no, Pac-Man who, wait, wizard. What was it? Yeah. yeah, the old famous song, Pac-Man wizard by the who. Pac-Man wizard. Yep. Put your quarter in Pac-Man and make wizard. the guy go down the thing. And then the ghosts try to get you. Oh, no. That's the song. 
Wait, wait. I got a question for you. Go. And the wizard, the movie. Yeah. Did you watch that with Fred Savage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple times. Okay. 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 Wait. 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 I want you to tell me if you remember what 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 was he playing? What was what was the game he was playing? To Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers three. Dur. Dur. Oh yeah. Was that, yeah. Fred. That's who Fred Savage. Fred Savage was playing that. Yeah. That was, was he, the whole was the whole movie was an advertisement for yeah. Super Mario Brothers three, basically for the NES. Yeah. I thought it was his little brother who was doing it. Uh oh, was it? Uh, no. <laughs> Except that Fred Savage, no, he played, right? He had the glove and everything. And then uh, Christian Slater showed up and went, hey, you guys. And that was about it. That's the movie. That was the movie. And you just you just watched The Wizard here. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. It's been. I haven't seen it in forever. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to remember because I was thinking, I, wait a minute. I don't think, I think he wanted to be the, the, then he ended up having to take his little brother or something. And I was like, it was Lucas or something. Yeah. Lucas. There you go. Dice made confirms. It was Lucas, his little brother. Who was the wizard? Not, mo- not the movie Lucas. No, 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 no. Jackie Vinson, who played the character Lucas was the, uh. So George yeah, Lucas yeah. walked into an arcade. No, Luke. No, no. Just one name, Lucas. Okay. I guess his last name was Woods. I don't know. Woods was there. Last, see, I remember nothing. I remember somebody. So maybe maybe it was a Lucas. Maybe it's. Uh, maybe it was Jimmy. Jimmy. Maybe that was it. Jimmy. Maybe they showed somebody showed up with a power glove, and that's all. I just don't remember much else. That's it. <laughs> I just remember feeling like the whole thing was a Nintendo commercial, and I was fine with it at so, the time. But now I think it's one day we're gonna one day we're gonna do play retro uh the movie edition and we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go back and watch some of these why don't we we should haven't seen since 1989 another reason to join our patreon we'll do some some bonus shit over there i like that idea hey brian you got your uh, mega drive 2 from the japan and you opened it and we saw a video of it at least some people saw a video of you opening it and unboxing it any further thoughts on uh you know your your time with the uh, mega drive 2 mini Absolutely. I showed a couple weeks ago on screen. If you're listening to it on podcast, I'll try to describe it best I can. The the Mega Drive 2 Mini, uh, all the way from Japan. Uh, it is it is it is it has Japanese by default uh, on the uh, menu system. I can I changed that to English right away because I don't speak or uh, write or read Japanese. But you'll see right here on screen, it looks just like the Model 2. So if you can imagine the Model 2 version of the Sega Genesis or Mega Drive. Is is is, but it's just really small. It's about well, like about a third, or uh, maybe a, maybe a third the size of a regular one. Maybe a fourth the size. Yeah. Has the you know the red the red cart slots. Nothing that goes in it really, unless they add, unless they start selling those add-ons where you can put it in there and stack it on like they did the first mini. Yeah, the first one. The first the little, mini also had a slot, but not, you can't. There's nothing in there, right? Just, right, right. There's nothing in there. So it's an empty slot, but they're probably going to do stuff like that. And it's got like the, you know, it's got the blue button. It comes with the six, it comes with one six button controller. The fight controller also has a blue start button. I'll show you right quick. This is the Genesis, the US model that was released, uh, also manufactured in Japan and uh, distributed from Japan on this side. And then on my right side, is the Mega Drive? So are they doing the they CD? Like. Are they going to do a CD looking thing that can go on the other side of it? Because the way that worked I was w- you had to like a tray, yeah. And that tray I'm was it was a CD player on this side, but it had a built-in bottom tray that you put your Genesis two in, and it was the Model two of the Sega CD. And then you had them sitting right. side by side, whereas the old setup was the ge- the old Genesis on top of a front loading uh, Sega CD. Right. There's a big old fat boy. I was way into that second series. And also ended up with a 32X. So what I really want to do, if this is all possible, and I'm not a 3D printer, so I don't have all that shit to do at home, I want to take that, I want to get that mini, I want to slot in 
a 32x and underneath I want or on the side I want to have the the second edition of the CD thing even if it doesn't work I don't care yeah I want to recreate that little stack um so that I'm I can sure, just have it you know I'm sure they have it there's actually three different ways you could do it this the, these m- most recent minis they do come with uh like six games that are part of the Sega CD collection yeah uh and uh if you remember the, like you were talking about there's the stack they actually made the series or the model 1 also, with an extension for that little plate that you could put underneath the the C- Sega CD. So, like, you know, you had the full stack, like you was talking about. Then you had the side-by-side, which had the Model 2. But they also made uh, a side-by-side for the Model 1 as well. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Those. Interesting. I, okay. I saw one of those at uh, a retro store recently, and I was like, oh, that's, I didn't know they had that way. Because that, no. that, that kind of put a... Uh, a, a crimp in my trying to figure out how I wanted to do it. Yeah. Because I was like, do I want to? Because I got I got one. I got a model one and a two, one and a two. And I got the model two sound chip is way better. It's not nearly as ganky. All those nasty sounds you hear. Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's that's the model one. Yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, well, interesting. I'm very uh excited to see more about that device. So we'll we'll talk about it on future shows, of course. But um. Maybe I just need to pull the trigger and get the. I don't even care about the Japanese one. I just want the American one. I just right. want to get that. You need. You need. Yeah. Look at that. What do you think about that? That looks pretty good. You have a nice little setup going on there. That's your little. No, you think so? Yeah. yeah look at that. Yeah. Is the real? I got my Lego. I got my Lego over here. Yeah. Uh, Anthony put together another retro Lego set. This was the NES version. So if you imagine the American version of the NES, yeah. that front slot load, it's got that, and it's got a little TV all made out of Legos, and it's got look, it's got Mario doing his running. And you can actually, there's a little crank on the side of this thing, and if I could reach it, I would, I would run through. But it's you remember those little, uh, those little child toys you used to have, where you'd have a little hand would crank it in the background would move, yeah. and the character in the front would stay in, in sure. you know, one spot. Sure, it sure. It would do just that. Yeah, That's my nice. minis in there too. Do you assemble the these yourself, or they came to you? This oh, way. I did not. Anthony was kind enough to assemble these for me, uh, and then and then send them to me through the mail. And he did he did a fantastic job at packing them. Uh, only one little table leg came off, and even at my skill level of Legoing, I was able to put it back together. So, nice. and now it's on display, baby, at That's the Dunaway household. Dunaway Come on over, game display game. countertop unit deal. Mm-hmm. There. That's awesome. There. Well, well done. Uh, we're going to play something very different today, though, here on the show. And we're going to start well. with this. Shall we play a game? We shall indeed. Uh, today's discussion topic is going to be the early, and by early, I mean the very first two Baldur's Gate games from BioWare, uh, BlackRock, Steel. What was it? What were they called? Black, uh, Black Rock Nice. Uh, it's Black, Black Isle, Isle Studio. Studios. Sorry. Interplay yeah. and TSR. There's a lot more people involved and a lot less of the Bioware name that I remember after going back right. and looking at these. But uh, these are two of the most impactful um, RPGs of all time, certainly in Western RPGs uh, for, mm-hmm. for, for sure. And they were interesting in that they were the first real mainstream, successful, what we would call a CRPG. Uh, or computer RPG. And the concept of these things was, hey, it's D&D under the hood, but you're going to play it in a way that is a little bit more action-y. Uh, the game basically let you pause and make decisions and do things and rearrange who's doing what and when and what order. But when you would unpause it, I think just the old-fashioned old, old fashioned space bar back in the day, 
Um, right. And you played a million games like this since, but you would unpause and the and the and the combat would happen. Uh, would just happen. It's just it's not turn based. Right. It's just going, and it's sort of real time. But what's happening behind the scenes and down in the little counter or in the little uh, display window is you're getting you're getting results of dice rolls, yeah. but you're doing it in real time. Uh, there's a little there's a little guy inside your computer going, oh come on, <laughs> basically yeah, roll for roll for, <laughs> kind of like, like it, it it literally is doing that, but doing it at such speed that a human could never do it. Yeah, and uh, here's a little bit of the introduction to that game, which I don't know that holds up very well, but I'm gonna play a little audio from it. Here you go. No, you can't. Oh, that last hit is pretty rough. It's uh, pretty tough. You know that guy's voice in the beginning. Here, let me play a little of that again. No, you can't. I will be the last. That guy, he's he does all kinds of VO in games and yes. TV and stuff. In fact, I think yeah. he's the guy who did, I may have this wrong, but I think he's the one that used to do, the following program is brought to you with limited commercial interruption on Hulu. Back when they used to do that. Right. Did he do that one? Pretty sure that's him. I you might be, be right. I think he's the guy with the really cool white dreads. Uh, right, right, d- right. And he does tons of VO for all kinds of stuff. Bunch of Warcraft stuff. Anyway, uh, Baldur's Gate 1, 1998. Part of what what uh, people consider was still one of the greatest years in video games. That was the year of StarCraft and Brood War. It was a year of uh, Half-Life 1 finally came out and was a thing. And Baldur's Gate was definitely among those high echelon of games that year. Um, on consoles, you had Ocarina of Time and uh, other ones that escaped my brain. But it was a big... Oh, uh, Metal Gear Solid came out that year. It was a big deal that year for a lot of right. games on a lot of platforms. And on the PC, this was their big shining moment to have uh, Baldur's Gate 1 happen. And it was huge um it's based huge. on the forgotten realms dungeons and dragons campaign setting with the same name a lot of people had heard of it if you were familiar with D at the time uh, i should mention that the underpinning roles and stuff i talked about before were all running to a second edition of the game right um but you were it's interesting you earlier were telling me how while that was true there were some character packs in there that were actually from three Right, yeah. The and in, in the in Baldur's Gate, the first Baldur's Gate, it was second edition rules, as close as they could get it. In the second uh, Baldur's Gate, they added some class kits. Yeah. Uh, from the third edition, That's so some was. people sometimes get they get in there and they'll think, oh, this is third edition. But from my understanding from interviews I read, it was only the class kits. Now I played as much Baldur's Gate one and two as I could this past week, and read as many interviews as I could, uh, and learned so much. Stuff is just ridiculous. So if I get anything wrong, let me know. And I believe I wanted to go back. I was trying to do a quick search. I'm pretty sure uh, Sarvok, uh, who's your bad guy in the first one, is I definitely know this part. That's Kevin Michael Richardson uh, is the voice actor. Oh, uh, and I think he's also the narrator uh, in, in the game, the first game as well. He's also, you may remember him as in some stuff for like uh, the the Cleveland show and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. what else? I think he even does. Does he do? I think he does Dr. Hibbett on the Simpsons at least. Oh, he might uh, now. So he, yeah. Cause yeah. for a while there, that was, well, for the longest time that was um, Harry Shearer. And then they decided in the last couple of years, right. they wanted to make that stuff more authentic. So they hired somebody. I didn't and know it was him though. That's cool. Right. And was he also Goro in Mortal Kombat? I think, I 
think that sounds right. Once again, feel free to correct me. There are so many amazing voice actors in this series, like Jim Cummings as Minsk, and he's Winnie the Pooh. He does Winnie the Pooh. We got Jennifer Hale. I mean, there's just so many. I, oh, I couldn't yeah. even start to. I couldn't even start to name all the amazing voice actors. Who a lot are, of a lot of the people you would consider like all stars. Uh, the the sort yeah. of aging group of of early uh, you know game voices that you hear now all the time. A lot of yes. these people were in this game, and uh, yeah, rightly so. It was a it was a big production. It felt like they really cared about uh, that level of quality. Whereas console games and other stuff that were getting into voice acting. Were not great. They were pretty. Nope, pretty not bad. great. Yeah, they were. They were kind of limited too. I'll say this for the PC console games typically did not consist of multiple discs. The first Baldur's Gate for PC for some reason PC users were okay with this. It's like how many discs you got for this game? Five. That sounds about right. And so Jeez, I loaded right? the first Baldur's Gate, right? Yep. I, I Well, first of all, I got the enhanced edition, but yep. I did play the Baldur's Gate 1 on my uh, my thin client PC, old school Windows 7, uh, Windows XP compatibility mode. Uh, and I had five ISOs for Baldur's Gate 1. You load up just the first disc and you start Ooh. playing. And then once you get to a certain uh, story point, then you load up the next disc. Right. Baldur's Gate 2 not the same Mm-mm. four disc and you had to l- this is how many disc swaps you have to do when you're playing Baldur's Gate 2 by the way uh, you have to put the first disc in then ask for the second disc then the third then the fourth then you go back to the second disc and then you go back to the first disc that's all before you even play that's yeah. all before yeah. you even start rolling a character yeah it's a lot I, I felt like 2 was a little big for its britches you know right for the tech at the time anyway um, the way to do this now, obviously, and I would highly recommend these two versions, the enhanced edition of these two games are excellent. They're very good. Oh, yeah. They are very good at both retaining the, uh, what made the original games great and how they looked and all that other stuff. But, you know, clearly there's an advantage to having a single install. You're not doing swaps all day. Um, the interface is a little cleaned up and they, um, what else? They run, oh, and they run it, it runs, widescreen. So yeah. you get the full yeah. full use of your monitor in that case. Well, yeah, widescreen. There was a mod for uh, both of these back in the day that allowed you to uh, run those things in, in widescreen as well. But I think Baldur's Gate 1 released at 640 by 480, and then Baldur's Gate 2 uh, was 800 by 600. That's right, Scott. Mm-hmm. 800 by 600 resi. That yeah. was, whoa. Yeah, I was locked at you that. Just, I remember that was woo. the same. Uh, Diablo 2 was like that uh, roughly the same year. I think it was also 2000, maybe 01. Can't remember right, now. Right, right. But they were both uh, criticized. I remember this at the time. People criticized these games for having um, stuck themselves or limited themselves within 800 mm-hmm. by 600 resolution when everybody else was supporting 10, 1024 by 768 or higher. Right. Um, it's still kind of early in resolution days. But uh, but yeah, I didn't mind. It's fine. Yeah. I played it. I didn't mind either. It's, and once again, we talked about, did we talk about this pre-show? You kind of asked me if I had played Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 much, and I said not really because uh, during this time period, I was more into you know action games. I was more doing first-person shooters. And this kind of felt to me when I saw it, even though I had some, I had diehard D&D fa- uh, friends. I was into D&D, but then I had like serious D&D friends. Sure. And they were really into it. And when I looked at it, I was like, oh, okay, I'm more into 3D stuff right now. It's 1998, you know, in 2000s when these these launched. And I'm like, 
and uh, this uh, it looks like a lot of work is what it looks Plus like. Plus we were saying pretty like you, you and I were both playing a lot of Quake, playing a lot of Half-Life. We were we were yeah. really into, you know, Unreal, all that. All that stuff was hitting and was huge and we we're using GameSpy and we we're doing that was a whole jam then. Yeah. And there was like a this was a different game. How do I put this? This is a whole different club. Yeah, this at, is a different club. Yeah. That's what it was. And I played like, one. I played and beat one. I pretty much mainlined it um and really liked right. it. I loved it. Partly because I was like, yeah, this game doesn't do that lame old turn-based, even though nowadays I love turn-based gameplay. It's kind of my favorite. But back yeah. in the day, I was a real puss. I was a real puss. It's not the word I was looking puss. for. I was, a real, I was a big puss. I had a real, big puss on my face. I was a big jerk about it. I was like, yeah, uh, turn-based, forget it. That's grandpa gaming. Let's play you know, some real-time business. And I was really into StarCraft, really into Command & Conquer. Yes. And this and had see, this, this real-time system. Like, I- from from behind this behind my friend who's playing it, I'm like looking and going, okay, what are you doing here? Okay, is this is this turn based? Because it looks turn based. No, no, it's real time. No, I'm like, well, why am you sitting there? I mean, you're pausing. You're doing a pause, <laughs> and then you do shit, and then you and then you unpause, and then yeah. your guys go yeah. do their thing. So it was kind of like a little half step. Um, yeah, but it worked for me, and I really enjoyed it. And then two, I played but didn't beat, and I think partly because I was super into. Again, the shooter world was all our oyster. That's what we were doing. Yeah, and so two we were just so epic. I didn't realize how big it was until I started playing it this week. No, like huge. we said, I was going to do Baldur's Gate. I was like, I, I, I've been wanting to visit Baldur's Gate. I know enough D anD D to kind of feel my way around. Mm-hmm. Man, was I overwhelmed. Yeah, it's a lot. There's a, there a lot of stuff here because I was thinking a game from '98, 2000. I'm like, eh, how much content could it actually have? Too many. No, it was a lot. Too, it was like 40 plus just the mainline stuff on, on both of these. It was just freaking ridiculous. Yeah, to this, start- to this day, it is still enough content to call it a full game. Like, it's a big-ass yeah, game. It's a big game. Yeah, and I recommend actually playing it. I think these enhanced editions make it super simple to do, and the PC versions are great. The iPad versions are really good, by the way. Surprisingly good. I wanted good. to get to the iPad version. I did not. It's like 10 bucks or something. It's yeah, it's cheap. expensive for the amount of content no it's it's a killer deal and they run great i have i have one on there i don't know if i got two i may have but i know i got one for sure and it played really really well i think what i want to do though is hunker down on a on a pc and play the enhanced edition again there um i I think we should play baller's gate 2 the enhanced edition shadows of um um um, but i always just call it baller's gate 2 2 because i'm not gonna i'm I'm never gonna get into the shadows of uh, um took me forever just to figure out how to say uh Imowen, that took me forever. That's one of the characters that that this uh, kind of running through these these uh, these stories here because you are the children of ball. Yeah, the children of ball. Bang to bang. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. You know, technically, we're all children of balls, but this is a very right. Special we're children ball. of balls. Yeah, in this case, is just the children of balls who are uh, causing problems, and and they're also the solution. And so, there you well, go. let's get a little taste of that. You spent your youth in the library fortress of Candlekeep. Under the kind tutelage of your foster father, Gorion, Imoen shared this home, a kindred spirit. Her background was as mysterious as your own. Gorion's murder brought answers to your questions when his killer, Saravok, was revealed to be your brother. Oh, these family, these family connections, man. Yes, the familiar is 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 good, and it, it's a strong line through all mm-hmm. the way through through the first one, the second one, and this first one. You start off at a uh, what like a, a basically a level one 
type character, and with I think you'd top top out somewhere around I don't know eight, something eight like or that, ten maybe. Oh, yeah, that's low. Yeah, they 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 kept it. They had it. They had to uh, scale it back a little bit, uh, to, so you could only. Well, it's a lot so like I mean, it's it's, it's a great deal like actual D and D. You're you're not yeah. blasting through levels. It's a slower process, and you know the the differences between levels aren't massive like uh, in some ways i feel like modern rpg players are a little bit spoiled because all the numbers have been scaled up to seem like a bigger deal in your mmos and your and your action rpgs yeah. and things like that whereas you know D, you're super awesome at level four yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you have abilities that are just like mind-blowingly cool and and all of that but it doesn't seem the numbers don't seem that cool they they yes. seem they seem low, so I don't know. You have to get over that hump, I guess, if you're if you're new to the genre. Um, two is really big. I if I was to say the best way to play these original two games is actually play them back to back. I think they're better as a complete um, experience than they are separate. Um, and it sounds a little weird to say that. I think they're excellent games on their own, but I think one and two ought to be played together. And I think these enhanced enhanced editions make that really easy and simple to do. I, I don't even think you, I, I'll be honest with you. I played and I don't, I didn't have the nostalgia goggles. Now you played the first one all the way through I and did. you have some nostalgia for it. That's cool. Yeah. I like the first one and I've gone back and played more of it, but I had no trouble just leaving one behind and jumping straight into two and spending almost all my time in two because all the characters that you meet later on, uh, as you party up, this is this game. This game is uh, about partying. You play by yourself. You can play multiplayer, but the pause causes a lot of trouble uh, with those kind of that, that kind of gameplay. So, if you play the first one, you play them by yourself. You'll eventually meet m- more of your party as you go along, and you'll meet some of these same characters that you play with in Baldur's Gate Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they and they start off in, in two where you've lost. You can choose to kind of go with a storyline and dialogue choices to go like you've lost your memory and you just get to know the characters by asking questions. And right. so it, it contextualizes all the stuff story wise. I, I don't think it's really necessary to play one. I, I, I just, like I said, I kind of just went Jumped through it right quickly two. and was like, eh, nothing wrong with that. Two. I mean, two is, uh, well, it's the last official one we've gotten. If you don't count Planescape torment, Icewind Dale one and two, yeah. all these other spinoffs, dark Alliance one and two on PlayStation, like the throne, the throne of ball was was also massive content, twenty plus hours of content, and they was originally looking to make it as Baldur's Gate three, and they ended up just they just going tacked it onto way. two, basically, yeah, yeah, which is interesting because we now live in a time where we're supposed to hear in the next few weeks uh, when Larian, the current developer of Baldur's yes. Gate three, is going to f- officially release that damn thing. Yes, they're going to announce in December That's when. Right. When we're gonna get the full deal, you can buy now uh, on Steam. But uh, I, I, I think me and Scott talked about this earlier too. Is I'm, I'm gonna wait. Uh, Scott already has it, but I'm gonna wait before I get my first impression. Well, it's funny. I got it as a gift from a friend for for a birthday, and yeah, I was incredibly grateful for it. But I, but I cannot bring. I've done the, I've done the prologue and kind of the start of the story and stuff. But right. I don't want to go any further. Oh, yeah. and I also tested to make sure I wanted to see how it ran on a Steam Deck, and it runs great. So there's, Ooh, there's that. That's interesting. I how did you play? Uh, okay, so one and two, even when the enhanced editions, 
you better have some pretty good vision or some good glasses. Because, yeah, that's, uh, a, that's that, going to be hard. That's a lot of dialogue. I can't imagine yeah. playing this on that small of a screen. Um, no. Three, they, they've, you can do, you know, there's, there's options yeah, for they, accessibility. We're modern now. Lot. Yeah. But back in the day, these were little tiny scribbly words, and you were going to have to just sort of live with how small they were. I'm looking at the screen right now. I still think they're incredibly small. For, they're for really, they're really small. This is a young man's <laughs> game. Um, yeah. I, I think the iPad version, I think, I, I think that, I want to say the iPad version has text scaling, even on the, on might, the enhanced editions. Yeah, it might. Or it, wearer version. It wouldn't surprise there. me that if it did, or just given yeah. just given how much dialogue there is. And this is a very dialogue-heavy experience. And if you've played, gosh, any games since these that were kind of based on these, uh, whether they were actual Infinity Engine or something else, then you know how much you're into for story. Like all of these Obsidian games, like um, Pillars of Pil- Pillars of Eternity, one and two, amazing, mm. amazing games. And My they goodness. are really, truly, they are like you know, straight children of Baldur's Gate in terms of gameplay and yeah. style and and setting and just all of the tropes they use and everything. It's not actual D and D underneath, but it's close enough. Um, and they're excellent as well. They these are all meant to be big, heavy reads, sometimes spoken, not always. There is some dialogue in this game that is often spoken, but there's big chunks of this this game one and two where they just make you read and it's okay. It's okay, You know, and you know, I I'm going to back up and retract some of the things I said about one that you don't have to have one to enjoy, two. I may be in a place in my life where I'm I'm okay with a whole bunch of dialogue and just reading and just having just absorbing the content, not getting in a, in any hurry. Mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate One is more of an adventure, like uh, you would do over the weekend, whereas Baldur's Gate Two is like a freaking epic. I mean, it's like it is huge with dialogue choices. They start getting into the idea of you know using romance, like. We we never really looked at any RPG games with you know like is that a a metric what we're doing here with our dialogues so getting a you know a romantic answer out of some of this stuff we didn't think about that mm. uh, and I think I also read or saw in an interview that it was something like uh, it was like th- th- it was like having three uh, uh, Game of Thrones books together yeah. amount of dialogue I mean it was just you wouldn't it's read all of that yeah. But there's that much dialogue in it. No, that's absolutely true. They're hu- they're freaking humongous, and I had, yeah. I did recently grab. I still have them on my hard drive. The Icewind Dale one and two uh, enhanced edition. It comes as a single game. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend that. Um, Ice- Icewind Dale one and two. Oh, ironically, that game I was talking about, about you pre show that Pentiment game. Yes. Uh, show uh, uh, the game was run, or you know the the, the lead designer on that game is all the way back from uh, the Icewind Dale days, which is pretty great. Nice. Anyway, uh, those games also just magnificently huge, sprawling, epic tales. If you are a reader and you like fantasy, then this is going to be your jam. If you're a gamer who likes to skip dialogue because you think you don't need it, I don't think we're talking about your genre here. I know. I think you better keep on looking. Yeah, keep moving on down the road. Did you ever play either any of the Icewind Dales or uh, the like? I did play a little bit of the Ice. So I was getting, I was getting back into these types of games uh, at about that time. So mm. uh, played those a little bit. I want to say two thousand um, and uh, maybe two thousand, and then two thousand three or something for one and two. Right, right. They were excellent. Uh, Planescape Torments, another one I didn't want to not 
mention here. It uses the Infinity Engine as well, um, mm-hmm. although a modified one. It, real ugly now, if you go back and look at it. Um, the Enhanced Edition's a little better, but as far as story goes, I've never, I've never played an RPG with a story that impacted me more than Planescape Torment. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Brian, it's so ever, good. I don't think I played that one at all. Oh, you really should. One. I mean, it's it's the most non of all of these probably the most non mainstream right um it's one that you had to kind of know about or hear about or your oh friends yeah tell this you. is so ugly too oh look at those oh it's very ugly. those tiles oh i love it yeah it's very ugly but you know it's Speaking all this, which uh yeah this this game this engine the infinity engine was doing something that uh was kind of interesting this was very early on this was not a dos game so if you're looking at this game going was this DOS? It was not. It was uh, DirectX, Direct Draw, uh, very early on stuff. It was able to like render uh, uh, like files directly out of um, out of like Photoshop. Yep. It could uh, so instead of doing uh, what people were usually doing, which was doing the tile base, where it would be like uh, you know shuffling tiles around, mm-hmm. you actually had a huge giant map. And then you just put sprites on there. You put those animated sprites on it. So it was it was a whole new world exciting. And boy, this other one, boy, woo. Yeah. That textures on that is muddy and well, it's meant nasty. to be a little it's meant it. to be a little gross because it's the the setting is is pretty dark. But uh yeah. the the thing I like about all of these games and the and the infinity engine stuff in general, infinity, not affinity. I keep saying those. Yeah, two. yeah. Infinity, like infinity. infinite. Yeah, infinite. It was, the reason that yeah, was I think they were the cool was because made. it was the first time this was the first time I remember feeling like these worlds were made of these little intricately yes. made things of pots and books and tables and 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 floor tiles and like weird little stones and like to me this is this is the establishment of the of the kind of aesthetic that I still to this day really like when a game comes out and does yeah. this. It's obviously very different today if they're using a fully 3D engine, you can do all of this rendered out in beautiful, you know, wonderfully lit awesome high resolution stuff. Um but I'm still just fascinated by this is a little table and here is a dude it at the is. table. It's just it's just like that it's like little miniature trains with people and stuff and they're all little yeah. running around the little town you're just god you know burning them. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and look, I get that it's a ton of work, right? The people who put these together, especially if you're in the the environments that are very varied and you don't feel like you're seeing a lot of repeating stuff i mean i'll bet these artists were just killing themselves all the time oh yeah i mean there's there's horror stories i mean they the bioware was uh started with uh like by three doctors yeah. and uh some developers uh not to downplay their part but the doctor story is kind of interesting because they're the money guys you know they're the guys who are pushing stuff around and uh and there was three of them to begin with and yep dr yip he uh he 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 stepped out after the first Baldur's Gate because uh, of the this the the crazy amount of hours mm-hmm. that they were putting into Baldur's Gate yeah. and this is you know this is, this goes on this is a culture that evolved everywhere in the gaming industry of of making these huge games of overworking your your your, your people mm-hmm. and uh, oh, yeah. yeah Baldur's Gate two had a little better from the interviews I I, I watched uh they, they were Baldur's Gate two was a little was a little more sensical, but they had more, they had veterans by that point in time. In Bars Gate one was this kind of like a bunch of people going, I think we could do this. Well, how should we do this? Let's make some characters. And they, they would make 
they, they made a lot of the uh, uh you know the npcs in the game yeah. from based on their the two, character sheets they were the doing. two remaining doctors the famous doctors they uh, were obsessed with um uh the the ultima stuff ultima series oh, right. and right. As, as a result they were like well we think we can do that better and they those two guys were there with the company all the way up through and beyond the sale to EA, which now isn't that yes. long ago, um, but have recently gone off and done their own thing. They're nowhere. They're not in game development anymore. One of them makes beer, I think, like literally is just like <laughs> full time brew dude. Yeah. And, these and, guys are like, uh, I don't know, man. You got to You got to love that kind of drive, right? I'm going to be a doctor. All right, let's do it. Yep. Uh, I want to make video. I, I will, let's make some let's make some crazy ass games that are gonna be super deep. Alright. Yeah. I think I'm just gonna brew some beer now. Sounds good. Sounds good, Doctor. Okay, Doctor. And they go and do All right, thing. Doc. And they're, you know, Bioware is now a name of just to be reckoned with. It is it's even yeah. though even though we've come, you know, we've kind of dropped some notches after the EA acquisition and a bunch of failed stuff. Uh people still get pretty excited about what those guys are doing next. Don't forget, we got the entire Mass Effect out of these people. We got uh, the uh, the Star Wars The Old Republic stuff. Um, yes. Some amazing games. Neverwinter Nights is still one of my favorite things I ever had a mouse in yeah, my hand for. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Neverwinter Nights is where I, still, where I started getting back into Oof. this stuff heavy. Dude, that was That's so good. Was they like, had all yeah. this like creation tools. You can make your own scripting. You can basically build your own RPG in that engine. I loved, uh, loved Neverwinter Nights yeah. so much. Yeah. Anytime I can get, anytime a game offered me the abilities to to get in there and mod and do stuff, I was down. And I'm looking now, Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition is only $5.99 right now on Steam. Psh. I'm going to pick it up right now. No Brian. brainer, dude. No brainer. Absolutely oh, spend money God. on that. I know it's a lot of content, but I'm telling you, it's great. It's so good. Um, but that's something else I wanted to say. Um, you know, this is the company that would go on to make Dragon Age, yes. uh, specifically the first one, Dragon Age Come Origins, on. which, you know, we're now into a more modern era, 360 PS3 era for that game. Um, but in a lot of ways, it's Baldur's Gate. Like, that's the lineage. Yeah. And they're making, like, they're they're taking broad new steps and strokes to make the next kind of game like that. And I think in many, many ways they succeeded wildly with that first game. It's a wonderful right. game. Tons of depth, huge story, uh, amazing mechanics. Like it's really cool. This is again after that acquisition and two was a bummer. <laughs> two was weird. Two was the, was EA going, Hey, what if it was a little more action, a little less, uh, RPGB, you know, or GBB. What, what if we went after the kids with the action brains and the sugar in the bl- in the blood? Why don't we do that? And they and they did, and it was not great. It was two was kind of a rough deal. Three, on the other hand, otherwise known as uh, Dragon Age Origins, no Dragon Origin, Age yeah. Inquisition. Sorry, Inquisition. Yeah, Inqui- yeah. I loved that game. But again, it came out in the shadow of Skyrim and tried to be Skyrim in some ways. And I think they tried a little too hard in a couple of ways to make it more like Skyrim. And I think that was a detrimental thing. There is a new one in the works. It's a direct sequel to Inquisition. It looks pretty rad, but it's just fun to see the bookends of the beginnings of this with Baldur's Gate 1. It was clearly their primordial ooze for what would become this Bioware RPG style. And And this is literally... Of the beginning of Bioware. This is 
this is the end of TSR essentially doing the Dungeons and Dragons for the most part and heading over to uh, Wizards of the Coast. And during that whole little thing that was going on, Interplay had the rights to uh, uh, to get a game published based on the D&D. And, they, and, and TSR did not want them to use any of the good characters mm-hmm. for this game so or any of the good locations. Yeah. Guess what? Yep. You know what it's Too like? Bad. You know what this reminds like me of? It reminds me of, you know, the good Marvel stuff. It will sell off and have them make movies. Yeah. So we don't have to do it. Well, that'll be Star Wars or that'll be a Spider-Man. And that'll be um, exactly. X-Men, no one thought right? no one go. No one yeah. thought these B tier freaking Avenger characters were going to be anything. And now they are everything. Yeah. So you got to whenever you do that and you hand the, the keys to someone talented, don't expect them just because you gave them what you think is your junk that they're going to produce junk. Yeah. Maybe they're going to make something you, great. I think I write because you probably would forget that when we started looking at Marvel movies, the X-Men was the hotter property. Avengers had 100%. fallen away from 100%. favor. Even and, Avengers, yeah. even in comic book days, like even in the most ardent fans, no one was ever yeah. going to argue the Avengers was the big thing. Iron Man wasn't an a, a, a lister. I mean, I like no, Iron no Man one just even, fine. I, I used to have trouble finding somebody who would talk to me about Iron Man. I loved the comic Iron Man because I loved that flawed hero yeah. aspect, and they've just and they've turned it into something that everyone could love. I was yeah. shocked yeah. when my friends said they were going to see Iron Man. I'm like, you're going to see Iron Man? Yeah, you don't like Iron Man. You don't like Get Iron Man at here. all. What are you talking about? Iron Man's <laughs> dumb. And then you see Iron Man, you go, Oh, okay, this is. This oh, is- even I was blown away because I was yeah. like, That's not the Iron Man I remember, but I like I like this vibe. You guys are right. This is hot. I yeah. like it. So I feel like that. A little bit of that happened here because they weren't giving them their best their best uh, content yeah. base. They were just saying, "Here, take this. It's fine." So they whatever. had they had a lot more free reign. Yeah. Therefore, they could make the characters they kind of wanted. And they could really make things. Uh, just, you know, they could make it their own. There's a there's a there's a big thing when you have ownership on something. It really what, shines. What happened through. to uh, Interplay? They're not around anymore, right? Yeah, ninety. Uh, they've changed their names a couple of times. Who are they now? But I think they've just. They're gone now. Well, okay. they, so totally they, gone were, now? they were Interplay Productions from 83 to 98. From then on, they were just Interplay. I'm trying to find an end date. Maybe not. They just don't. Let's see. I thought they just morphed. I thought they kept morphing until they were something else now. Uh, Inter- Interplay Discovery is a right? You can go to Interplay.com. They, they make, uh, now they just make, uh, they make, uh, I don't know what they make. <laughs> My- <laughs> Matt so Black Isle to Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance 2 on 7 2022. What? Yes, that's right. We did not get a chance to talk about Dark Alliance, which is a shame, but that Oh, kind of Dark Alliance. Those games are so good. We'll just leave yeah. it to say this. The PC versions are fine cuz now those are out on there, but the for the longest time it was a PS2 exclusive. I think maybe GameCube yeah. had it. I don't remember. There um, there will be a oh, uh, Dark Alliance conversation eventually. Those are so good. So good, yeah. I mean, they're Mature. basically just Diablo Diabloification of the yeah of the <laughs> of the of the world. But I didn't care. I freaking loved them. Yeah, so good. good. Oh, so good. I could play that now. Do you remember they had an EverQuest one of that too? Um, oh, I never played that though. Oh, it was, mm. what was that called? EverQuest console game, and it came out around the same time. And it was also very good. It may have even been the same devs. I'm not actually sure, but uh, this is called. EverQuest. I can't find it. I can't find the thing with the thing. How about, how about I tell you something that didn't come out on console? Yeah, what do you it, got? What is it that? was the canceled PlayStation 5 disc version 
of Baldur's Gate. Champions, that's it. Sorry, EverQuest champions. Continue. Keep going. Oh, oh, that's right. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, they were they were uh, they were working. Interplay was working to release. uh, They were going to release a uh, PlayStation version of of this game, and Mm. it was pretty much completed. And you can actually. Uh, I think there's like I think you can actually I think find copies of it. Is ha- that was that close? It was a prototype, so you could find a prototype for that. There was also a Dreamcast port uh, that was supposed to. They were there. There was uh, the, I I didn't find any hard concrete information on this, but I did see uh, that they were working on a Dreamcast one. And mm-hmm. then the person says for unspecified reasons in 2000 they canceled, it. and I'm like, well, yeah, d- d- duh. It's not going to dream. It's not going to happen. No, because the Dreamcast at that point was. I mean, you were already throwing some bad money at bad money, right? Um, unfortunately, was, that, that wasn't going to happen for good or for. I don't think it'd be a good idea. I mean, I yeah, for good or for bad. Yeah, just this. Yeah, I loved. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not going to. I'm not going to complain. No, but because I really liked, you know, the Dreamcast. But the Dreamcast's days were numbered. Okay. They just, oh, it was definitely numbered, and not to mention, I mean. How do you even? Oh my god! Because you know they had the the gig disc on that thing too, so that would probably complicate things even more. Jesus, I don't even know. Right? I would hate to even think about it. I know. Don't even think about. It. Don't even stretch your brain to try to get around it. Okay? Don't do it. Um, there are some expansions. I should mention these. Uh, the Baldur's Gate: Tales of the Sword Coast. This came out in '99. It was an expansion pack. Twenty twenty to thirty hours of that thing. That's that's a beast. Yeah. And uh, had new areas, four new areas to be uh, uh, specific, lots of content, higher level cap, all that stuff. And there was also the Black Pits 1 and 2, which I didn't yeah, get. I, I wouldn't want to play the Black Pits. That actually looks, I played a, just a few minutes of Black Pits. It's pretty cool because you yeah. start off right away with like a large party and you're like, uh, and you're basically uh, uh, fighting in the pits. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. They called me last week after four days of COVID and no showers. They called me Black Pits for a while. They called me the Black Pits. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's got he's the Black Pits. He's the Black Pits. Anyway, I would really like it. I mean, well, whatever. We live in a time now where any two-man team have the resources where they can get together and make a really great, competent uh, computer RPG if they want to. Like right. you really can. You don't. It's no longer an unknown thing. Like the tools exist. The the you know certainly if you've just got the wherewithal on gameplay and stuff, you could build a game like this. I um, mean, it's it's really there's already. I was doing some extra research in this because you're you're talking about the same things I was thinking about in uh, Unity. There's there's plenty of people out there talking about Unity. There's engines out there that are uh, similar to the Infinity engine. So all you got to do is just you know, plug away and go. Put your put your assets in there. Write the story, get some big epic story, get some great acting. Am I wrong in thinking that there's a, uh, what am I thinking of? There is a version, or no, maybe they open sourced the Infinity Infinity Engine and you can just do all sorts of shit with it now. I wouldn't doubt it. Why do I know that? Hold on. Infinity Why do I know these engine. these things? Open source. Pretty sure this was a thing. Yeah, here we go. Oh yeah, I do remember this. So this was a long time ago, though. So I don't know. Why, I don't know why I'm remembering it now. This came. Okay, so the news hit back in 2012. Infinity Engine goes open source and cross platform. Um, BioWare's Infinity Engine is the greatest RPG engine ever created. There, I said it. Blah blah blah. <laughs> um, it says if you're filling out a template, you should fill out the sections related. Well, anyway, so yeah, I guess that's the thing you can do now. You could go get a fork of this thing and just build a, a game. If you want to, 
do it. What are you waiting on? You got time, Brian. Come on, get it in there. Stick I it got, in. Yeah, I got time, but let's just do it. Yeah, I believe in you and your new hot game. What will you call it? What will your name? What will be the name of your game? Uh, Brian's Fence. Oh my lord, that sounds amazing! I can't wait to play Brian's Fence. Yeah. Yeah. Do I have to paint yeah, it and then Brian's, no Brian's moat? I'm gonna oh. go with the moat. Oh moat. Oh, that's even more middle evil. Yeah. Middle evil. Medieval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Middle evil. Middle evil. There's also, by the way, an MMO that almost happened and never happened. Uh, yeah, but that was the Infinity. Right? Yeah. What was that called? I mean, that's the engine. It but... was the Infinity. Is uh, uh, <laughs> the, that was the yeah? It was something with Infinity. What was the frick was it called? It was something, but it was that was the original version they were making it for. It was supposed to be an MMO. Yeah, they were going for. Again, they were aiming for you know, kind of kind of the direction that the um, I can't think of the name Ultima. The Ultima games were going right because Ultima Online I think was that same year or the year before ninety seven ninety eight something like that. Uh, there was a book Baldur's Gate series became a a, uh, a cult classic, netting itself an enhanced remaster edition about a decade ago, and uh, three novelizations ended up happening. Uh, there was the title simply uh, Baldur's Gate. This was released in ninety nine. Baldur's Gate 2 Shadow of Zarn of Arm Am Am in 2000. They're both written by Philip Anthens. Okay. And then in 2001, Drew Karpishin, um, he helmed the Baldur's Gate 2 <laughs> Throne of Ball. However, fans of the genre aren't fond of those ad- adaptations. And why is that, do you think? Why do you think people don't like them? I don't know. I got to read them. That's a good question. I got First, I got to finish the game. Get my get myself set, you know what I mean, so I can mm-hmm. be like all grumpy about it. Get you know, get the lore in my head, mm-hmm. and then I'll read the other, and then I'll know when I need to be bad. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's what it. I got to do. Really I got to fall in love with the character stories first, and then I can be mad that somebody changed them. So one of the things about the new game coming out, it's being created by Larry and Studios, who famously uh, did the. Um, Original sin game. What's the name of the games? My brain just my brain. I have brain fog. What what are they called? They're called Divinity Original Sin, and oh, yeah. Original Sin Two, which is a more recent one, twenty seventeen, eighteen, whatever it was. Um, still, some of the best of this stuff ever made ever by anyone. It's incredible, right. incredible RPGs, and so they were perfect for this. They were perfect to hand this to and say, "You guys are making the next Baldur's Gate." But I still no, have some you questions. Guys are making next ballers. And I haven't I haven't played enough of the new one, you know, in its beta form to say one way or the other, but I do have some concerns that when I do play it, I'm just going to be playing um you know, Divinity Original Sin 3, not <laughs> true Baldur's Gate 3. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yes, yeah, it'll like be I set say. in that world, hopefully some characters carrying forward, we'll have the D&D rules all of that, but I'm a little just slightly just barely kind of a hairline concerned. That it that it won't feel right, and I, I right. don't know why I feel that way, but I do. No, that's a good feeling to have. Uh, that's 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 how you keep from being suckered into something. Battleground Infinity, by the way, was oh, the name of the original it. prototype RTS game that they were working on. They were making an RTS. That's weird. Yeah, yeah, but it was uh, well. That was the whole idea. They were wanting to be multiplayer uh, RTS, you know, online. But, but yeah, didn't they, they decided to do this instead? Yeah, but when you mean RTS, you mean like real real time strategy, right? Like uh, right, right, right. Well, that's what it says. Okay, that's what that's what the infi- that's what it says on the Infinity. I mean, the fighting engine. in the game is kind of RTS when you're not paused. So yeah, and that was always the problem. Yeah, the, the pausing the pausing solved one problem. Yeah, but then introduced another problem for multiplayer. 
Yeah, you can't have one side pausing and you have to wait for them. That's F. Right. Yeah. That's F. And, and if you look at the actual mechanics of how the Infinity Engine works and everything, it's like it takes real all the real rules. It's like, you know, the character takes X number of seconds to, you know, cast spell, hit, whatever. I mean, all of us, all those calculations are going on in the background. And mm. when you pause a game, it's, it's you know, it's, it messes with multiplayer for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other thing I think it did, the market left in gaming, was anytime you see one of these games, they all use the same dialogue system, essentially, yeah. that existed in Baldur's Gate 1. And that is the whole, here's a chunk of text, here are four options, you chose three, uh, number three takes you to three more or four more options, those will send you what to was, a What direction. was your go-to? Okay, so we all know how to, you know, we know how to roll our characters and stuff, you know, choose their alignment and all that your alignment can be chosen beforehand, but do you stick to your alignment when you're doing your uh, when you're doing your choices? Like, well, in some cases you, know, you choices- have to, right? Because it'll force you, yeah. uh, to not. It won't let you do chaotic evil if you chose, you know. Yes, like so. Do you like steer as far out of that something. middle of the lane as you can, or you kind of like try to, you know? I don't know. Like in real D and D, I tend to veer, so I probably yeah. veered here and there, depending on the situation, which I think actually makes it interesting because that's the whole point. If your character is lawful good and you're put in a situation yeah. where you need to make a really hard choice, it should yeah. be difficult to choose, not just locked out of the hard bad choice. It should be a yeah. you know a hard choice to make. I tend in these games, I tend to always pick the nice guy route. I don't know why. It's not. I'm. This is not me bragging because I don't. I don't. I don't understand why I do it. I would like to enter a game and go. I'm going to be the bad guy in this time. I'm going to run this whole game as a jerk because you can. I just can't do yeah. it. I just can't do it. it feels I wrong. can't even be. I can't even. I can't even choose the snarky dialogue. That's how. That's how terrible I am. That's how lawful good I am. Mm. You're just like, oh, <laughs> if I say like, this, it's going to upset somebody. I can't say this. Yeah, I can't say that's going to hurt their feelings. Yeah, I can't. I can't do that. But none of this, like what you're describing here, I didn't. I feel like none of this existed before Baldur's Gate. I never felt this way in a video game before that. Yeah, and yeah. that that to me is is a, is a really important still standing achievement by the series. Yeah, and uh, most other games copy it now. They all do it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Including the new one. Anyway, we hope you uh, go out and grab those enhanced editions. I mean, they are a little old now. 2013. Um, I, Icewind Dale's newer, though, right? I think. Uh, yeah, I think that one 2015, maybe. 15, something like that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's later. And then that most recent one I was just, just telling you about um, is much more recent. Where's my? Where's yeah. I think the Torment one, uh, Planescape Torment, is also a newer edition. Right. I think they're all worth getting, everybody. If these if these I've games been interest you at all, yeah, they're they're cool. If you have Game Pass, those Pillars of uh, Eternity games, one and two, two is my favorite. Uh, from Obsidian Entertainment are all part of Game Pass. Obsidian now owned an entire, fully owned by Microsoft, so uh, they'll be putting stuff there. They've got some stuff coming up. I cannot wait for. They're one of my favorite developers ever. But I'm not sure they exist without Baldur's Gate. I don't think they I'll, do. Yeah, I agree, absolutely, 100. percent And I'll never be able to not picture pillows when you say pillars, pillars. I, I just pillars I, I, all i can see is some <laughs> southern guy <coughs> telling me hey how come you got two pillars and i only got one yeah what's up I with just, these pillars of eternity does that mean the pillar goes on forever and my head right. will never not have a pillar on it and then whenever we get through watching planes trains and automobiles they ju- he jumps up and goes those aren't pillars and you know then yeah. we start talking about football yeah or 
hunting. Sure. Yeah, no, this is all good. I, I like to get a little peek into your brain. It's a good stuff in there. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. We're going to play a little game here, folks. It's called Guess My Game. All right. It's where we play some audio from an old video game. And oh, I we, put mine in last week, so good luck me remembering. Nice. Sweet. Oh, I forgot to play its thing. Destroy it. <laughs> All right, there's its thing. I'm going to start. This is a TurboGrafx-16 title from 1990, excuse me, 1988. Oh, nice. Old school, okay? Old school TurboGrafx. Turbo and the reason I chose it isn't because I thought you might know it, because you're probably not going to. Oh. It just seems so dumb to me that I had to do it. Okay. Oh, and I played a bunch okay. of it uh, okay. today. So, anyway, here it is. Here's some sounds if you can figure it out. I'm Dr. Bomb. I'm Dr. Bomb. By the way, the game is not called Dr. Bomb, but that is what the guy said. Is it uh, I'm Dr. Bomb? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Dr. Bomb not in the title. Give you a hint. He's running left to right in a in a kind of a almost Mega Man sort of way. Turbo Graphics 16, yep. 1988. You said. Yep, eighty eight. I'm, I'm Dr. Bomb. Dr. Bomb. Yeah. Have you have you ever seen Dr. Bomb? By the way, I have not. I'm gonna f- show you a photo. This is your final hint. Is you look at this photo, and if you still don't know it, you're not gonna get it. Uh, hold on, let me find it real quick here. I thought I forgot where I put it. Uh, here he is. Okay. Hold on. This is taking forever. Okay, there we go. Why is this taking so long? Okay, now I'm going to put this in our uh, Discord, and then I'll also put it up in the chat to see it. And you tell me what you know about this almost guy. somewhere between a Sonic and a Mario sound. Yeah. Does that, does that like guy look familiar? Oh, that guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is, uh, that's that's uh, the guy with the head exploding. Dr. Bomb. That's Dr. Got... Bomb for sure. But what is the game he is in? Do you know? He is in, uh, um, uh, I ate all the cookies for the TurboGrafx-16. You are so close, but so far away. I will tell you that is, inc- that is incorrect. <laughs> Instead, I will tell you what it actually is. It is a game called... Bravo Man. Bravo Man. Bravo Man. Sounds familiar. Let me take a look at that. It's all uh, reruns of Queer Eye. Oh, look at Skits getting it in the chat room. Good job, chat room. Well done, Skits. It's not bad. Did anybody play that besides me? I mean, I've only played it here recently, but it's... It's based on some anime or something, or is that... I I think I'm looking at the wrong one. I have no idea. Bravo Man is based on... Uh, here we go. Came out in Japan. Oh, this is Japan only, so that could explain it. Yeah, no, that's okay. I, I, if um, all my Turbo Graphics experience has been uh, through my Mister FPGA, and it could have it, the ROMs could have come from. Oh my God, <clears throat> have you seen the animated GIF? That is freaking fantastic. Was it him kicking or what? What do you got? It's it, he's punching something. Hold on a second. I'm Stick that in our Discord or something. He's stabbing. He's he's hilarious. So here it says right here. It's a beat 'em up arcade game originally. It ended up on the Turbo Graphics, uh, developed and published in Japan by That's Namco. Described as a comical action game. Uh, player controls the titular character, a bionic superhero with telescopic limbs. He must defeat the villainous Doctor Bomb. So he's go-go gadget? Uh, basically. It says he can use his arms, his legs, and his head to defeat enemies, and you can crouch and jump over them. The game ran on a System a system 1 Namco board. Um, the character 
It's named Hitoshi Nakamura when he's not in his suit. Uh, it was a caricature of then president uh, of Namco, Masaya Nakamura, who the game is dedicated to. Um, wonder if he was cool with that. I don't know. It's pretty cheese ball though. Know, right? Pretty cheese ball. Pretty cheese ball. I love it. Hold on, I'm looking at this gif now. Uh, wait. It's, it's disturbing. It's like the second one down. Let me see if. I oh yeah, where he's jerking that yeah. sword or whatever the hell. Yeah, that he's is. doing the herky jerkies. I thought it was that. That's the reason why I said cookie because I thought that sword because of the perspective of it. I thought he was holding a cookie. Yeah. But that's the sword. Uh, in um. It's like a knife, and he's going, I am Mr. Bomb, yeah. and then he's, who is rising? he's doing it into his crotch. Who is, who is rising <laughs> against me is, is, is the thing he's, he's doing. He's doing it into his crotch, though. That was the part that disturbed me. Who is rising against me? Is it my crotch? Is it my crotch? crotch? boy. Don't rise against me. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Oh, my God. Yeah, just look up, uh, the, what was it, Bravo Man? And you'll find it. Don't yeah, worry. You'll, you'll find that guy. You'll find it. I found another screenshot that says, hey, Bravo Man, I want to eat. I want to eat. Oh, no. Want to eat? I guess that's not an I. They, they spaced out there. You know how these translations go. It's freaking weird. Yeah, they're, they're, they're fantastic. It's amazing. By the way, if you're if you're one of the pl- uh, Play Retro patrons, I'm going to put that animated gif right there. Oh, yeah. Put uh, that in there, dude. I'm going to put that right in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, oh, like, yeah. yeah there Hell you yeah. Go. Yeah. It's uh, real bad, real dumb, and worth looking at if you have a emulated version of the game. Uh, Brian, I'm going to play your clip now, and you may or may not remember it, but I'll see if I can do it. So oh, I got it now. I, I finally pulled it up. Oh, okay. I got it. What do you got? What's the what's the info on this? Uh, the the game is 1993, uh, and it, it the the one you listen to is for the PC. But I will tell you, it was on other systems such as the uh, Super Nintendo Entertainment Center, the SNES, also the NES version, which is probably nothing like the one we're about to listen to. Okay. Uh, game Boy and Sega Genesis, which is probably close to the to the uh, PC version. All right, let's give it a shot. Oh, that is some MIDI card business. PC DOS. Would sound good. Okay. Why did he say okay? Oh, there's more. Yeah. Hold on. Did I hear... Is this Wayne Wayne's World or something? <laughs> it's Wayne's World. Is it? There's Wayne's a Wayne's World, World. game. What? It is. What? Job. Excellent. Hold on a second. What? Are you mental? Is it? <laughs> Are you mental? <laughs> I didn't know they ever made a game. That's hilarious. Is it good? Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. It's not don't, good. Don't be stupid. Of course, it's not good. Okay, I wouldn't think it was good. No, I mean, if you were into Wayne's World, it was you know serviceable, I suppose. But you know, no. Hmm. Interesting. Let's see here. Oh yeah, that's a wow. I didn't know it was a DOS version. Nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see this on a SNES or something, but yeah. Weird. I want to say I rented this for either the. I want to say I rented it for the Sega Genesis one weekend, which is exactly what you would do with this type of game. Yeah, you don't would buy not, this. No, you wouldn't go buy this. But if you were at the, you know, if you were at the blockbuster, you would probably say, eh, "Why not? What else they got here? I don't, I've already played all the rest of this crap. Let's play something." Can you imagine like paying money to, other than renting it? Oh, that'd be just terrible. Right? Don't do that. Yeah. All yeah, right. Like well, I said, I, I was a pretty big Wayne's World head, but yeah. you know, yeah. Now you're a true blue Wayne's Worldler. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. My excellent party time. Party time. Excellent. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
whatever uh, bad thing they did. That's what we did. All right. Well, now that's a perfect time because now we can do emails. Welcome to the treasure room. Emails from those who are our own personal Wayne and Garth. Uh, for example, this one here from Tandy255. He sent oh, this email Tandy. to playretroshow at gmail.com and he says, Hello, Brian and Scott. I love Play Retro and Boop. Well, Bonham's not here anymore. But yeah. You, you can still it. love it, though. You can still love it. I had a guy reach out to me on email the other day saying, How would you like to take the final score to the next level? <laughs> And I wrote back you mean and said, past the final score? Yeah, and I wrote back and said, how would you like to find out this far Dude, after the fact that, that the show has yeah, like been seven years? Six years. Yeah. Six every year, yeah. Yeah, dummy. <laughs> anyway, you often discuss home conversions of arcade games for early consoles. <laughs> One of the reasons this was difficult was due to the orientation of arcade monitors. Many early arcade games had vertical monitor orientation, i.e. Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, Galaga, Frogger. Our home TVs, however, all used horizontal orientation. So how do you cram DK's grinders or Pac-Man's maze into a horizontal screen with limited resolution? For Pac-Man, the Atari 2600 opted to create a unique maze with the passageway going from the top to the bottom of the screen instead of left to right. As you know, the home version just felt too different for multiple reasons. Uh, For Donkey Kong, ColecoVision uh, actually removed one of the uh, guiders, girders, geez. Mm -hmm. So Donkey Kong ended up on the right side of the screen instead of the left. Uh, it was right. not arcade perfect, but it retained the basic look and feel. It was popular home version of the game. Keep up the great work, Tandy255. Right. He says, P.S., think of the last man on earth, not Tandy computers. Uh, oh, glad you it ruined it for levels. me, Tandy. Yeah, now it's ruined. Well done. Nice yeah, job. I was retro Tandy and all in my head. Mm-hmm. I had you in a, I, I was picturing this guy in a Radio Shack. That's where we were. Yeah, yeah. I was, now. now it's you, you totally ruined the image. Okay, so yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, we've talked about that in some of the games we've we've uh, talked about in the past. You know, you, some people sometimes would, uh, uh, you know, turn the TV sideways or do crazy stuff, anything mm-hmm. to get the aspect ratio right because it is taller at the arcade on some games than it is wide. And uh, I think I would have preferred, I would prefer as someone now. That if they just put Pac-Man in the center of the screen and yeah. had bars on the left and right-hand side, I would have preferred that over the giant scrolling because that actually broke the game in my mind. Uh, but I, I think there was there used to be a real big thing. I mean, when Letterbox first started happening, when people started talking about putting theatrical movies on a four by three TV yeah. and Letterboxing, I, man, you would you'd hear all kinds of complaining. What are those big? Top and bottom. I can't see nothing. I can't believe I paid full price for this film. You're give me only my pillar. Me. I'm going to go to bed. Give me my it pillar. Was... <laughs> <laughs> when my head hits my pillar tonight, I'm out. That's amazing. Uh, here's a text we got from somebody. Oh, man, we like getting these. Uh, let's see. 801-471-0462 is the text number to send messages into the show. Uh, it says, this is for Scott and Brian on Play Retro. Hey, they say. Here's some more unabashed Atari nerd stuff. When the Atari 7800 was designed, they were going to design a new sound chip, but because of budget constraints, they decided to use a TIA sound chip already on the board because of the 2600 backward compatibility aspect of the console. Ah, And I'd forgotten about that. I forgot that you could put your 2600 cartridges in there, which is cool. He says, so yes, the 7800 literally had the same sound chip as the Atari 2600. They did at least think of adding an extra pin so the improved pokey sound uh, chip could be added to the cartridges. However, this was only used in two games, Ball Blazer and Commando. 
you should oh look gosh. up the Ballblazer 7800 theme to see how much better the sound could have been. Cheers, Midwest Mint. Uh, oh, Midwest Mint. What yep. is up, my friend? Yeah, what's up, dude? Well, is he somebody who's also sent you a big box of things all the time? Is that what's going on? He's always sending me big boxes of stuff. Yeah, always. Because I say stuff like, oh, hi, Midwest Mint. Yeah, and then he says, here's a box. Here's a cool box. You want a box? I'm sending you a box. Um, no, but yeah. yeah, he's 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 uh, he's real active in the in the community, and we love Midwest Mint. But yeah, that's a great uh, that's something I didn't know. So that that explains a lot. I can't believe those cheap bastards gave us the twenty six hundred. Said, eh, close enough sound chip on there. Yeah, yeah that's why enough. they all sounded. That's that carried yeah. through the whole time. That's crazy. Fifty two hundred, seventy eight hundred, all of it. They all had that chip because of back, uh, you know, the backwards compatibility, and they weren't. Spending the money on the thing. I mean, yeah, he he did mention yeah. they had a, a new uh, pin on there that could you could take advantage of, but nobody did. Yeah, obviously, so, like what two commando and that that other game that yeah. that he mentioned. That's pretty wild, though. I did not know that's that wild. was the case. I did not. That's good stuff. That's some good juice. See, that's the reason why I say, "Oh, hey, because he's got that kind of knowledge." Yeah, well done. He's got dude. a lot of knowledge of people in the community. Thank you, Tandy, and thank you, uh, Midwest Mint. You guys are amazing. Mm-hmm. You're and mint. Uh, it's not Midwest Hint; it's a Midwest Mint. Uh, our next uh, game that we're going to be oh, talking pillar. about is you know what I'm going to just call it I think we do Mario Kart and beyond I think we start with the kart and then we talk Good. about Diddy Kong we talk about Crash Team Racing we talk about all that stuff and why there's a weird little hidden gem from Konami nobody ever talks about that I think might actually take the top prize Ooh, their own little worry before I talked to you today, because I know we talked on film sack and we talked briefly on TMS and I was, I'm like, I hope Scott's, is he, is he rolling? Is he mm-hmm. rolling? Is he doing the COVID? Is he over the COVID thing? Sort of mm-hmm. kind of, mm-hmm. you sound pretty good today. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked about the uh, cart stuff next week. Yeah. I love the cart stuff. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I also do feel a lot better. Thank you for, for asking. And, um, my, yes. my goal is to, uh, continue to convalesce. I took a nice nap today before the show. Good because uh, I was really tired and the dog looked tired, so Rest I laid down with smart. the dog, and now I smell like the dog. So that's good. <laughs> that means my smell, my, my smell sense is coming back. I can smell again, which yeah. is nice. Uh, always smell, always smell if you can. If you can always smell if you can smell, smell. Yep. So uh, it'll be next week. We'll talk. Uh, you know, obviously, we'll start with 16-bit and why that game is so important uh, to the future of games like it, but. You know, I think we're gonna. We probably will spend some time on Crash Team. It doesn't. That game is yeah. so much better than it deserves. So much better. Than it, it really be. is. And why? Well, we'll talk about it. There's also an amazing enhanced version of that game that you should totally get. I think PlayStation has it on their monthly thing for free. Ooh. I think. Anyway, it's all good. Uh, we'll talk more about that coming up soon, and uh, that'll be next week. I want to welcome a couple of new patrons to the show. Uh, patreon.com slash play retro is where they went and we now have tom suit and tony mazes 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 i'm not sure mazes in tom suit suit yeah isn't that cool fancy yep uh, it'd be funny if it was tom Merritt's suit if he's like making payments <laughs> with his suit uh it's really awesome though because we love having you guys here and if you want to be like them guess what you'll never get an ad ever you'll get pre-show content every single week you'll get monthly benefits straight to you all by simply signing up for the ever cheap options available to you at patreon.com slash play retro it's a dollar yeah i know right cheap get in there get it while it's cheap that's what i'm saying also don't forget uh play retro show at gmail.com uh that phone number to send us text 801-471-0462 we're also on twitter for as long as it lasts at play retro show (laughs) 
I mean, I, hey, uh, you know what? Well, I, yeah. made a, I made a, 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 pl- a play retro show, uh, 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 counter social account. Oh, you did? did you? I posted nice. a couple of things. Nice. Yeah. We should put one up. Everyone's moving to Hive at the moment, and we may want to set one up there, too. Nah, I'm not, not doing Hive. I hate Hive. No, I'm not a fan of Hive. <laughs> don't like Hive? Or is that like it? I don't I like just, Steam. I just wanted to get it captured on audio. Oh. I hate Hive. I don't like Steam. Oh, okay. So that's why it was familiar to me. It reminded me of, yeah. of a time yeah. a lot, not too many years ago. Well, anyway, uh, we're over there in all those places. We'd love to see you there. I think that's going to do it. Don't forget, Brian plays a lot of these games, uh, streams them mm-hmm. after after work on weeknights. Uh, Brian, yeah. no no different this next week, right? You'll still be yeah, doing that? Same, same thing, except for Thursdays, Thanksgiving. I won't do that, but I want, I'm looking forward to maybe doing play date with Scott. We're going to find out if that can all work out or not. You oh, yeah, yeah. If you're around Friday morning, we are. We'd love to have yes, you for that. That'd be yes. great. We're going to play Among Us and Drawful. Oh, nice. Uh, we always warm up with a couple of drawfuls, and then we dive into Among Us for like an hour and a half, and it's great. Mm. So uh, be be prepared. You can play it on whatever platform you got it on. doesn't matter. PC and yeah. handhelds, whatever. Phone, doesn't matter. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening. And uh, come back next time. Because, look, you can leave. You can stay, but you can never Wait, how's the Eagle song go? You can check in, but you can never leave. Wait. <laughs> whatever it is nailed it yeah you don't... can uh you you can go home but you can't stay here yeah you can't what? stay wait it's, uh, it's closing time everybody get your shit oh. out of the bar and go f the home all right that's it <laughs> thanks everybody for being here we'll see you next time this show is part of the frog pants network yes get more at frogpants.com What is that I smell? A burning rage? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.